0: Well, it's a Thursday night, six p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and of course, Kelly, you know what that means.
1: It's Thursday at six. It's it means time to hang out. It's
0: time to hang out, everybody. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the world of self-publishing. There has been some relevant rollouts over the past week. We want to share that with you. And uh, folks, you know what you got to do if you want to hear more about this. You're going to want to make sure that you stay tuned. Welcome to Self Publishing with Dale. And Kelly. And you've come to the right place if you want to learn about publishing books and building your author brand. Today, it's the Self-Publisher Hangout. We're going to be talking a little bit about self-publishing books, building your author brand, covering questions, concerns, and comments, and generally just hanging out. Folks that are watching this on the replay, what's shaking, how you doing? Podcasting people over on iTunes, iHeartRadio, you listening to me? We see you, sort of, virtually. We want to thank you, but we need 1 minute because we want to acknowledge all of the live viewers here on the YouTube. So who do we got in the house? Kelly.
1: Mojo. Mojo. J A Renau, Kathy Mankin, Walter Wyburn, thank you for stopping by. Uh, who else do we have? Omana. Thank you Kathy Mankin. Pizza, ours is on our way, right? Right? <laughs> Uh let's see what else. Kevin McGuire, you're still awake. Thank you for staying up. Janet Bullard, what's going on? Mark Brownless.
0: Good stuff.
1: Boom Blogger. Uh, Mike Turner, John Wasser. Nafis. Audrey Levy. And if I missed y'all's, I apologize, but. Welcome and thank you.
0: It's great to see everybody here. All right, so let's just jump right on over into things. And as per usual, load us up with any questions, concerns, comments that you might have, and we are going to talk about the relevant news over the past week. Al, are you ready for this? Sure. I'm ready for this. So here's the deal, draft digital They are continuing to innovate within the business of self-publishing. And for those of you that are a little more savvy with Facebook and running Facebook ads, there's something called a Facebook pixel. And it's a way that you're able to track people that land on a certain page and you can target and remarket towards those people. So now you're actually able to install a Facebook pixel on your universal book links. Very cool, right? Sure. Kelly's not big on the old ads type thing. I thought it was kind of neat. Now, unfortunately, I don't go too deep over into Draft2Digital myself personally, but for those of you that are utilizing Draft2Digital for your aggregate publishing needs, they now have this really sweet feature. I don't know of any other publisher right now doing that. Like, you know, you're you're not getting it from Amazon. Amazon's like, no, those are our customers. You know, Draft2Digital is, once again, being indie author-centric, big, banana sticker to the folks on over there at uh Draft digital we definitely appreciate you guys doing that very very cool so uh next thing publish drive i said this before but i think it bears worth in repeating they actually just rolled out a new and free ebook converting tool so if you want to get that you can actually utilize it you don't it, 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 from all intents pur- and purposes intents and purposes they actually you can either publish there or you don't have to publish there. It seems like it is available for free because they say for commercial use, you can actually utilize it there. So any event, that's that. Man, you know that we're starting to wrap up on the news. We're actually gonna be able to hang out with everybody a little bit more.
1: December's fund for KDP, just under 24 million, 23.7. Who wants a piece of that pie? I know I do.
0: 23.7, and it seemed to stabilize because if I, my recollection, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, folks, Uh, November's was 23.7 as well.
1: I don't pay attention month to month.
0: Yeah, I'm a little bit of a nerd when it comes to that type of stuff, so. Yeah, alrighty. So, what questions do you have about self-publishing books? What would you like to learn more of in future videos? And what would you recommend? I do, I wanna tell everybody that I am going to be releasing, hopefully, if everything works really, really well, be doing a self-published book unboxing series. Uh, I'll be focusing on Lulu and Barnes and Noble Press, and the fine folks over Ingram Spark as well. Which, uh, what's up, Ingram Spark? I appreciate the love that you gave most recently over on the Twitters. And if you're not following me on Twitters, you can come on over, hit me up at @selfpubwithdale. And what are you on Twitter?
1: Uh, Kelly Publish.
0: At Kelly Publish. So make sure you guys hit us on up on over there. The question of the day. This is a really good one, actually. A big shout out to one of our members within the Self-Publishing Books community on Facebook had asked, in Amazon ads, should I use the suggested bid feature? Now, if you've ever been into your dashboard, and especially the new updated one, there's something that's called a suggested bid feature, just to kind of give you a little bit of what they say it is. Suggested bid and bid range are calculated from a group of winning bids for ads similar to yours. You can choose to use the suggested bid or any bid in or outside of the bid range. So let's say you originally bid on a particular keyword, let's say eight cents. And they will say in this particular column for suggested bid, 18 cents to 25 cents. The reason is, let me just kind of break down what this is saying here. Uh, The reason is they say that that typically the winning bid is somewhere in that range. From my understanding and in the interview that I had with Marco Motino, actually a couple of the interviews, uh, he said you don't really have to use it. In fact, I don't think he ever really uses it because he figures out what the best cost per click is for his book in his particular keyword. So in any event, um, I would say that um, if you do utilize that, Figure out what your A cost is, your average cost of sales, and make sure that you're not cannibalizing your profits. Because if that A cost, like you get one click, let's say, uh, fifty cents, and you've got a an A cost of like I don't know, fifty percent or something crazy like that, and you're promoting an ebook that's ninety nine cents, well, clearly you're you're spending money for people to take your book, and that's just not a very wise decision. So go with caution in the suggested bids, I would say. For me, I've played around with it, and to be quite honest with you, I feel almost better when I have a bit more control, and sometimes they'll suggest these really huge numbers for cost per click for bids, and I'll go and I'll bid low, and I'll still get an excellent conversion on something like that. Alrighty, so it's time for the hangout. Man, We literally, it's only been seven minutes we're on here. We burned through all the news. Not too much exciting stuff over the past week. So in any event, uh, what kind of questions, concerns, comments, and who else has popped in to our live chat? I see my brother, Bionic Vapor, hanging out. What's up, buddy?
1: Audrey Levy wants to know, what are universal book links?
0: Good question, Audrey. Actually, uh, this is a very unique, uh, unique feature that's only available through Draft2Digital. What they do is, see, here's the issue. You've got a book and uh, this this is great that uh, we're talking about Audrey anyway. So we're we're gonna bust out Audrey because I I know she always loves when I pull her book out. So this might be available, let's say on Amazon, which it is. But if you share your amazon.com link to somebody that's in the UK, the problem is it's not native to where they want to order the book or it could be in Brazil, something like that. Enter universal book links. What Draft2Digital does is it creates a link that when someone clicks to it, it'll take them to their native, their regional store. So this is why it's so freaking cool. And with the addition of Facebook pixels, that levels up your business, especially if you're savvy on Facebook ads. I'm gonna be honest with you, I've got a tenuous grasp on Facebook ads at best. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I've run a few for self-publishing with Dale and the DIY publishing course. Outside of that, honestly, I, you know I'm not—I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I really don't make any kind of money through Facebook ads. Excuse me. I ate a lot of fries before we came on today. Hopefully that helped out, Audrey.
1: I see. Um,
0: I see Moonshin King popped in here, man. A welcome to you too.
1: What tablet software do we recommend for on-site sales at conventions?
0: Mm. Oh, oh, for um, email acquisition, um, you know, or or just you know general display. I mean, pr- probably just an iPad of some sort. I would say. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure. Maybe kind of clarify your question just a bit more. For for me, um, I'm not going to put out my MacBook Pro for for people to put their grubby hands on because someone's going to probably go and take on over there. So if you do get some kind of software, I would recommend. That you grab, um, have somebody you know attentive to that at all times, so someone's not just grabbing it and walking off with it. And also, um, something that you know when it comes to trade shows, might I recommend a the approach of make a connection, because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to try to peel through. You know, you and I've went to so many expos before, and, um, and I'm sure book expos aren't going to be any different. So if you set up shop and you just leave this pad out for people to kind of fill out their information. The problem is, is there's a bit of a disconnect. You're gonna to want to make sure that you're opening up dialogue with everybody that that's coming across your way. So rather than just leaving your iPad out, might I just say just put it off to the side and as people are coming through, open up, you know, conversation and dialogue. And as they start to, you know. You know, you start to reveal a little bit more about yourself. You can say, "Hey, you know, I'd love to give you a bit more information. I've got a great uh, email newsletter, and I promise you, I never spam you or anything. Well, you know, as long as you're not a spammer, uh, you know, uh, you know, lay any kind of fears they have to rest. And then pull out your iPad and have somebody sign up for that. could be something like an iPad or what's what's your preferred um, tablet?
1: I don't have a preferred tablet.
0: Yeah, just any kind of tablet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. Bernadette still thank you for stopping by hashtag <coughs> new first time live big fan from raleigh north carolina mm.
0: um oh i see omana just uh, spread out the square thingy my old docker had one for conventions can't remember the name it's actually called square uh paypal actually has one out as well I, i'm really happy with paypal paypal is uh, has been good to me uh they're really good to me and if you spend enough time and long enough there uh, there's a couple of extra perks that you can take advantage of as a business owner.
1: Uh, I saw a question, but it scrolled on me, so I'm trying to figure it yeah. out. It was about case wrap books, but I don't see where it went.
0: Boom blogger, why all YouTubers have banned you? I, I don't know. Honestly, you're, you're not banned here.
1: <clears throat> Any advice you can give for case wrap books? I'm having trouble with my cover image bleeding onto the spine.
0: It, first question is, is where are you getting your, your, your book done through? Because um, I know what you mean where uh, I might actually have a book with like an example. Let's see here. Um, here we go. And I, I don't mean to, and this is going to be kind of a little bit of a spoiler alert to some of you folks here about Lulu, um, but I'm still working on this. So for instance, here's a hardback book that was fulfilled by um, Lulu. And I tried to utilize the same case wrap that I would for my normal books. I just made sure to extend it. But the problem is, is and see, this is what they're kind of saying, is there's a little bit of a bleed over. See, that shouldn't be there. That shouldn't be on the spine at all. But somehow it got on there anyways, even though I followed their specifications. Uh, it could be user error. I would, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt and believe that it is. But in any event, uh, it really depends. I'm going to tell you that it just from one region to the next, sometimes some printers are great and other times they're not, and especially when it comes to KDP print, I've noticed that they're the most guilty. Uh, I had a, a conversation with another gentleman earlier this week, and he was actually taking the uh, spine of his book. Uh, this is a great little tip for you folks, is if you're doing spine on KDP print, um, try to get it to where it blends with your front cover and your back cover, and don't put lines to where the creases are at, because it will never match up. If it ever does, you're one of lucky few. But the print quality varies from one. There's just, just a slight variation from one run to the next. So, um, just want to give you a fair warning that if you ever, you know, run through KDP print, I've seen this the most is don't, don't put a different color here. Don't put lines because that line will probably end up on the back cover or it could end up partway into the spine itself, or it could end up on the front of the cover. So, Any other questions?
1: Uh, we were just talking about this yesterday in the mall. How are authors getting away with books like Unofficial Minecraft Story? Isn't this copyright infringement? Uh,
0: on a, uh, <laughs> it's uh, J.A., I, I feel you on this. I, I don't agree with it. I don't appreciate Unofficial series of any sorts. Uh, the same thing can be said about Fortnite books. People put unofficial. We were just actually in uh, the mall yesterday. And that I one's... just said that. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm reading the chat at the same time. People on the podcast are probably cracking up laughing. They're like, she just said that, Dale. Uh, you know, when it comes to, to some, those unofficial series, I just wouldn't touch it with the 10-foot pole. Um, the issue is, is it's somebody's intellectual property, and they can come back and either A, give you a cease and desist, or B, they can, you know, they can sue you. Litigation can be very much a very good possibility because it is their property. Uh, there are some people that go, well, there's fair use. Fair use is a gray area that you just don't want to play with. You know, um, it's one thing to have, you know, a Tosh.0, um, you know channel where you're, you're doing some kind of editorial goof type stuff, but when you're literally taking someone's content repurposing it and profiting from it on a publication it's a different ballgame so um, don't play around with fair use when it comes to that and unofficial doesn't doesn't protect you at all it's, it's not like you know so if you were gonna be putting out any kind of books on whether it would be on minecraft Fortnite, might I recommend that you just reach out to the people that are responsible for that and say hey is this okay and make sure that you get it down in writing because here's the deal is uh, if, you never know, they might go, yeah, sure, uh, it's awesome. Just make sure you send it on over to us and you know, they'll give you greens light and make sure you keep track of all that stuff and you wouldn't really have to put on an official on, possibly, but that's that. Uh, I would just stay clear of that. I think that the, the resourceful self-publisher and in indie author doesn't have to rely on other people's ingenuity in order to make a profit or a living at this business. Kathy Mann, can you watch yourself? (laughs) I hear an echo in there, she said. I knew Fortnite was making big money. I stayed far away. Yeah, Kevin, you've been hanging around with me long enough to know, uh, and I've always appreciated that about you.
1: (laughs) Can you offer discounts from KDP on a single book and or bulk discounts?
0: Can we do what, I'm sorry?
1: Can you offer discounts from KDP on a single book and or bulk discounts?
0: Uh, I think that there is a way that you can do that, but it may not be through your KDP dashboard. I would recommend, if you're thinking about doing bulk uh, purchases, uh, get a hold of them through your dashboard. There are other accounts, and darn it, I had the the, uh, uh, address that you can actually have in a publisher's vendor account. So it's something that's separate from KDP for small publishing houses. So uh, there's always that option. Just, I would say, Google it up. Put down, like Kindle Direct Publishing through Amazon. And it's like I said, it's like a publisher's account. And I know for sure you can do bulk uh, purchases through that.
1: Nafis, good to see you, buddy. I feel as of late, AMS has become the main selling factor for any form of books. What is your insight?
0: AMS, uh, otherwise known as Amazon advertising the, these days. Um, I'm just gonna say Amazon ads Amazon advertising because AA sounds like it's an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and we're this creates so much confusion, but I know what you mean. But um, yeah, it's you, to it's becoming a pay to play game sometimes here now. Back in the day when we broke in, in 2014, 2015, you could, you know, and I'm not saying this is right, you could put any kind of hammered garbage onto the market and profit hand and fist. Like, just having the right keywords, giving a few reviews, things like that, it could happen. But nowadays, if you just try to publish and pray for the best, unfortunately, you're gonna get buried because there are other people within your niche and competitors that are willing to pony up the expenses for Amazon ads is it expensive no it's it's really not but then again I guess it's all a matter of you know perspective because if you don't have you know two pennies to rub together at this point then you probably can't afford any Amazon ads I highly recommend that if you haven't done Amazon advertising go and watch the playlist that I had uh, on this channel it's literally all you got to do is the tab It says playlists here on YouTube and there's one that is actually based on Amazon advertising with Marco Motino. And Marco, like literally these two interviews, these, these, it gives you some of the best content that you can possibly ask for. He gave away such solid advice and it's stuff that I use to this day that actually runs very good ads that, I mean, like literally, I think I just started one a couple days ago. I've only spent 20 cents in ad spend and I've already made $20, profited $20. So that's Minus a costs and royalties, uh, so yeah, Nafis. Which, by the way, missed you lately. I haven't seen you very much. I'm glad you're you're back around. Um, so uh, hopefully that covered his question. You have anything to add? Amazon advertising. I know you talked about that today, and or not today, yesterday in your bark broadcast, right?
1: Um, Tuesday's live. I briefly mentioned it, and I had a video today, mm-hmm. just a short one. Oh, it was today okay. about low content versus regular books or mm-hmm. regular books. Ah, see. James Morgan, I've had a complaint or two from potential customers about my book being too expensive. Mm -hmm. The currently available edition is hardcover with a dust jacket and nearly 500 pages. How can I better communicate the value of my book? Hmm. I say don't worry about one or two people. Yeah, there your potential customer base could be much larger than that. There's always someone who is not going to like it for somehow. Yeah. You know, it, if you put your book too cheap, some people might not buy it. Mm-hmm. Some people might think, oh, this is too cheap. Right. The interior must be rubbish or something. So, um,
0: <laughs> it's rubbish. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I I second Kelly on this one. And here's here's the deal: is you're you're not going to please everybody. In fact. Um, This is gonna sound crazy, but stay with me on this. Getting low reviews always sucks. We can all agree. It it always sucks. But as long as you're not getting nothing but low reviews on a book, um, I think you're on the right path. You know, if you've got, so for instance, someone within the group, and I'm not sure if this was you, James, uh, someone within the group had said, man, I got my first three-star review. I have 33 five-star reviews. Oh my gosh. Like, you are crushing it. If you have 33 five-star reviews and you got a three-star, I would welcome a three-star at that point. So that way, because to me, sometimes when I'm going on Google Maps or on Yelp and I'm looking at reviews and I see a place that has nothing but five stars, bells and whistles go off in my head. I start to wonder, okay, who Mm -hmm. did they pay to to get this filled? It's just, it's our natural inclination when we see too much positive feedback you automatically say this has got to be good, too good to be true. Right. Um, so welcome that those, that, those negative comments. Um, if you can, first of all, figure out where they're coming from. If they're just being trolls to be trolls, look, we can't stop them. There's trolls everywhere. There's trolls that watch this video and they drop negative comments and things like that. And that's okay, that's their position. That's what brings them joy. Uh, don't allow that to take the joy that you have out of life. But remember this, that a good friend of mine said to me once that in video games you know you go in the right direction when the bad guys start showing up. So if you're heading the right direction, you got a couple bad reviews, thumbs up. Just make sure that you're not getting hammered with nothing but low reviews. Pay attention to what they got to say, because sometimes whenever I get a one star and like they like put a full thought out, I'm like, man, this is detailed. I like a one-star review that's very detailed, but unfortunately those are few and far between. Sometimes it's like, I hated it!
1: The one-stars can be very helpful from time to time, and the one-stars from other people's books in your same niche can also be quite helpful.
0: Yes, uh, absolutely. Here's a great one from Kevin McGuire. Uh, Kevin actually said, I got a paperback at $26.99 and it sells. Yeah. Uh, Don't be afraid, folks, to price your books a little bit higher. I recommend, and those of you at least stateside, I'm not sure what this is going to be like overseas, go into your local bookstore, Barnes & Noble, uh, Walmart, uh, and go into the book section. Take a look at how they're pricing the books. This is, Barnes & Noble has proven to be a wellspring of resources and info for the both of us. We'll go into Barnes & Noble just with ideas, uh, cover layouts, interiors, Hmm. what are they providing in there? how many books are within a niche inside a section? Sometimes I'll pay attention, like the self-help area, and I'm like, there's four rows, five rows. Okay, and then I'll, I'll pull them out, and then I'll t- take a look at some of the price points. And the funny thing is, you're not gonna find too many books, unless they're, like the, got the big clearance sticker on them, you're not gonna find too many good books, you know, like this, with $7.99 on it. And I rest assured, James is not pricing his book at $7.99. If you are, James, I'm, we're, we're gonna have words by the way, folks, great book. Great book. I'm already almost finished with this on audiobook. Uh, it's called Don't Write a Crappy Book by James Ranson. Highly recommend that you go pick it up, and he's not paying me to say that.
1: Do you have any experience with Wattpad? I know John Wasser already chipped in and gave his thoughts.
0: Uh, You know, I have not used Wattpad. I've heard uh, mixed reviews about it, and I think good friend of the channel, and he'll probably chime in on the replay, would be Mark Brownless, Mark Brownless knows a little bit about Wattpad, to my recollection, and it's to my understanding they actually, you can actually do fan fiction there on Wattpad as well.
1: Cool. So That's kind of cool, yeah. I see someone else. Rosie Rand, do you think taking a booth at the Comic-Con to promote a fiction book series brand is a good idea? Do you Hmm. know anyone that did it?
0: Ooh. I would imagine for something like Comic-Con, that's going to be a pretty penny to get a booth. Um, And if you do get a a booth, gotta ask yourself, is this something that the Comic-Con attendees are willing to stop and invest their time, attention, and energy into this? Um, And if you do show up to Comic-Con, you get a booth, you you better be freaking cosplaying it up. Uh, Because that's probably one of the ways that you're gonna get people to stop and and grab their attention. Uh, You know, it's a gamble. There's obviously gonna be thousands of people coming through. I know that I'd looked up some time ago when I first got into the publishing business, I was thinking about setting up shop over Arnold Expo, which is run here yearly around uh, March, April time. And um, I was gonna set up a booth for all my fitness books and things like that. And if I remember, it was like a 10 by 10 space for $600 a day. Um, So if you've got the discretionary expense and you're willing to take the gamble, just remember this. If you're a bit of an introvert, which most authors can be a bit introverted, you're gonna probably have to step outside your shell a little bit if you go over to Comic-Con. Best of luck to you. Let, let me know if you do that. And if anybody ha- actually has any kind of experience of setting up a booth uh, for your author brand, we, we definitely would love to hear from you. Kelly's looking up some of the exhibit space costs for Comic Con in uh on July eighteenth to the twenty
1: first. In San Diego. San Diego. Which Early is the bird one. price was six hundred dollars. Let's see. A ten by ten booth is thirty six hundred dollars.
0: <sighs> per day or for the entire event?
1: For the entire event. Okay. Okay. Corner booth is eight hundred. At least six hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth it. I mean, at this point it's building a brand and what did we always do it you know we just want the freebies so i don't know how many people are going to want to spend their money or remember you i could be wrong Mm -hmm. but i think there's other opportunities to network and get your brand out there without Mm -hmm. going straight to comic-con unless you've exhausted all of their possibilities
0: and the other thing to take into account is the time energy it's going to take for you to set up and take down as well as food, transportation, uh, and you're gonna wanna have some stock available. You're, you don't wanna just have a booth set up and you're just kinda standing there. You're gonna probably wanna have stacks of your books set out. Merchandise, which by the way, any authors that are listening to this, if you do not have merchandise. You are already at a disadvantage. Get yourself merchandise. And I'm talking to even the fiction writers here you need to get some kind of a merchandise. And the thing is, you don't need to have them on hand. If you were doing Comic-Con, you better have it on hand. Uh, but in the event that you don't have merch, you can always set up something through, say, give their su- suggestions for merch.
1: Uh, for websites?
0: Yeah, so that they can get it fulfilled through.
1: Um, well, there's Amazon merch. Mm-hmm. There's there's like 50 different websites.
0: What would you be your top three? Merch by Amazon would be first one, correct? You have
1: to apply, though. Okay. Um, if they just want a one-off or building a brand? Yeah. Which one? Both. If you just want a one-off, check out like Custom Cat or um, just Google print-on-demand shirts. And there's a few websites that you can just get one shirt and not build a brand. But if you want to do it on a website and do all that, I would say Amazon Merch, Redbubble, and I'll just go with the other one I've done, Mm TeePublic but merch is definitely high on the list.
0: Yeah, uh, I, you know, it's, and, and, you know so here, here's someone who gets the idea, um, and John Wasser's actually inside the broadcast. He actually has a shirt, you guys have seen me wear this one before, Write Drunk, Edit Sober. Um, I've got this shirt, I've it on the broadcasts. He actually ended up turning it into a journal, so you can see how, you know, he thinks a little bit outside the box, and hopefully you can kind of take the same thing. Uh, I think Gary Vee says, you know, don't just think outside the box, live outside the box. Um, it's, yeah, it's great that you're an author, but make sure that you're diversifying what you have to offer to your audience. And don't think that it's you selling out or being sleazy or anything else like that, because if you've got an audience that really likes you and is clamoring for your content, they're they're probably going to purchase it, uh, you know. There's so many authors out right now that are probably profiting hand and fist on merchandise sales. So go for it.
1: So that five hundred page book that we mentioned earlier, that's hardcover. James Morgan says it's forty nine ninety nine. Is that too high? You think?
0: Hmm. Um. It depends on the content. It depends on the content. That that is a little higher at fifty bucks. That. When you mention the price point that high, uh, there's two things that pop out to my my thinking. Here is something that's a high price point like that. I automatically think is this is a college textbook, and the next thing I think of is is this an art picture book, uh, some type of a coffee table book because those tend to be a bit higher because of the resolution, the color, the printing, uh, the layout, things like that. So, um, yeah. Uh, don't be afraid to price your books just a bit higher. And if you're getting sales, all the better. If you're not getting any sales, then that might be one of the reasons. It could be a sticking point, is that high price point. It's, it's funny, I've had some books, I priced them really low, they didn't sell worth a darn, and I shot the price up to like $20, $30. Opens up the well, you know.
1: I guess it, it just depends on your audience. Because yep. if I sell a book yeah. for $50, I'd probably see if it's at the library first. Yeah, but yeah. if I really, really loved the author and the topic, like if it was a biography about mm-hmm. a tennis player, I'd probably spend 50 bucks.
0: It's true. So it just yeah. depends. It's a history book. To me, I think that, that that seems justifiable. And if you've got images within the book, uh, full color images, 50 seems justifiable.
1: You're getting sales, thankfully. Cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, I'd say put yourself in your customers' shoes. And don't think about your current situation because, I mean, maybe you're cash strapped and, uh, and I'll, I'm not trying to speak on behalf of James if he's cash strapped or not here, folks. The, put yourself in that customer's shoes and kind of like what Kelly said, you know, something on tennis, she's, she'll pony up the expense and I'm not going to fight her on it because she enjoys that. Um, and I'm sure the same thing would go my direction, although... I don't know.
1: Would you spend 50 bucks on a wrestling book? On a pro wrestling
0: book? No, but I do know there's actually a Guar coffee table book I've always wanted, and I'm pretty sure it's $50. I would actually spend $50 on a Guar one, only because, I mean, that's my thing. I've always liked them. Bionic Vapor, yeah, I like pictures. I'd pay more for colored pictures, yeah, yeah.
1: I see. Syndratic, thank you for stopping by. It's going good tonight. I'm a bit sleepy, but it's going good. How are you doing tonight?
0: <laughs> Me? Yeah, Syndratic um, wants to know. I'm doing pretty good, Syndratic. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I, we went to Evan Carmichael's meetup event yesterday, and how awesome was that? Oh
1: my god, Evan's like a sweetheart. I wish yeah. I could like duplicate him and carry around my pocket, because <laughs> he's so positive.
0: We walk into the event center. And we go to the front desk and we're like, okay, where's the Evan Carmichael event? And they're like, they start to answer. And I was like, how about we just follow him? He turns to us and I extend a hand and say, hey, what's up, man? No, he comes over and gives a full hug. Yeah. Yeah. Gives. He recognized us. And it wasn't until I brought up the fact that I was like, you know, when we were talking to him at VidSummit. And by the way, those of you that don't know who Evan Carmichael is, YouTube him up stellar channel, he puts three videos out a day. Um, stuff is just stellar, 1.7 million subscribers. If you're not subscribed, what are you doing through your life? But in any event, uh, yeah, he remembered me from our conversation at VidSummit when I told him about, you know, he's like, what's, he always asks people, what's your favorite one of my videos? And I was like, i like, Henry Rollins. It's actually how I found his channel. And because, you know, I was looking up, because I love Henry Rollins stuff. Another one I'd probably spend, spend 50 bucks on. Um, And, uh, you know, instantly, I knew I knew you guys. And, uh, yeah, we we got to chatting. And stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, We talked about a little bit of collabing work with uh, Mr. Carmichael. So we cannot wait. Sometime about April-ish is what we're looking at.
1: Closer to May. He's on. He's. I was just going to say next, if anyone here likes the self-help, you know, positive mindset type thing, look up the Believe Tour with Evan Carmichael. Mm -hmm. He's going to... 22 or 21 other really big cities between now and april Mm -hmm. so it it's a little bit of a premium i think it's what like 40 bucks average per ticket but it's so worth it
0: worth it yeah worth it uh there there were some things that are a bit you know it
1: wasn't his style outside
0: my comfort zone but that's the whole thing is he is, he challenges your your comfort zone, but that that, that was what we did. But uh, I see that Aisha actually asked if we're if there's any conferences we're committing to this year. We haven't really committed. We've talked about ones. Uh, Vid Summit is still just. We're gonna be out in LA. I think we're gonna be out in LA for sure. During we that haven't time. committed
1: to anything. It looks yeah. like based on our conversation last night, we will be in Toronto probably May. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not even a conference. Yeah. That's just a city that we are about 90% committed to, so.
0: Yeah, not 100% sure. Stay tuned to this channel as per usual, and uh, I, I most likely will announce something via the social media group of self-publishing books, so if you happen to be in the group, you'll get updates, we'll let you know, because any anytime we, we travel out and about, actually not every time. Not every time. Because there's times where we'll travel, and we just, it's Kelly's and my time. But uh, if we go to something like a Los Angeles for a vid summit, we will let you guys know for sure. And it was really cool this last year getting to meet up with everybody that we did.
1: Yeah, and Aisha, I know you're up in Canada. If you're close to Toronto, make sure to message me or let me know where you're at. Mess- send me a message. I know you've told me, but I forget. Um, let's see. Syndratic. how do we go about getting our book published on international Amazon? Specifically, I want to translate and have my book published on Amazon Japan
0: you just publish through kindle direct publishing that's that simple uh so you are you're already pretty much as long as you have worldwide distribution uh ticked off on both your ebook and your print book it will be available in amazon japan uh there are limitations to the languages create space used to support so many more languages and we lost quite a few in the transition from create space over to kdp print Uh, so but as far as japan though supported Uh, you should be able to get your distribution there you're already there in fact fun little hack you guys ready for this one okay you're gonna go and whatever your link that you share for your book your product page I want you to go ahead and put that in your URL and when you put it inside your URL you'll see the .com switch out .com with .co.uk you'll notice it will take you over to the UK store If you just pull out .co.uk and put .jp, it'll take you to Japan. Put in .br, it'll take you to Brazil, so on and so forth. And you'll be able to see your product listings. And I highly recommend that you do that from time to time. Uh, Peek in there because your .com will actually be shared into all the various distribution platforms and such because it'll say also on .com type, type thing. But there actually is a different set of reviews on each of your product pages Be it uk brazil japan australia go in there and you're going to actually see so for instance i've got a book that just crushes it right now in the united states like does great in the uk hammered hammered oh my lord it's just been just crucified it's just it's awful like i I, uk is not showing me any love for that one Um, but you know that's neither here nor there um but i would recommend from time to time peak in to each one of the regions and you'll, you'll actually be surprised and if you actually use google chrome there's actually a translate feature and it. it does a good rough job of actually translating some of the pages you know so for instance on in japan uh over in italy in france germany which by the way germany folks is de just so you know it's not g-e-d-e
1: yeah, there's a conversation going with rosie Rand and kevin rosie asked kelly any tips to target the amazon japan with low content books and Kevin gives good tips without revealing um, his topic. Mm-hmm. But to target any country, you just have to figure out what they want. Mm-hmm. So if you want to target Japan, you have to figure out what niches Japan wants. Mm-hmm. Same for you know UK, Germany, whatever other countries Amazon's in. I've lost track. But you know I don't have. I don't know if I get hardly any book sales in Japan, if any at all, because. I guess they don't like my stuff. And that's fine. There's only so much you can do.
0: There's something that should be noted too, folks. Um, uh, Japan, okay? And I'm sure some of you already know this. They don't read the front to back that we do, okay? And the Western culture, it's actually done this way. So we look backwards to them. They actually read from back to front. So here's the issue is Amazon only fulfills with the UPC on the back cover. So if you go to print this on here, you're already starting out at a disadvantage. It's a westernized printed book being fulfilled in Japan. And so if you're trying to target the audience right out the rip, you've already got it working against you. So I would just recommend that you maybe try to focus on you know, what you can do. Now, I, there, there are ways you can kind of work around it and keep the UPC symbol if you're real creative about things. Uh, For instance, this is kind of cool, Adam Wilbur, which by the way, he didn't fulfill this through Amazon. Adam Wilbur's got a book called Creativity here, and actually, here's the cool thing. You ready for this? You can read it on the front, and you can read it on the back. Front and back. He was very innovative about how he did it. Um, I took the same kind of principle, but the problem was I actually ended up having the barcode on the back cover. and. Uh, in, I don't think I ever got any sales in Japan. Cause my thought was, let me see if I can sell some. But I would say don't give up if you can just start to think a little differently and maybe go into the store and see, there has to be some no content books that are selling in Japan. Figure out what is selling, you know, um, see if there's any way that you can fulfill an order or that you can order a copy, or you can even go in to see inside and see what they're doing. That's a little different. Um, I can assure you, too, the other thing that's going to work against you is um, lines, okay? Uh, typically with kanji, you're writing from top to bottom, okay? And you're going from inside the crease to outside, okay? So just, just so you know. Um, and a- anybody from Japan or anybody that's Japanese can probably either A, confirm or deny the information I'm giving. I just know this from my experience of living there, 1986 to 89, 1986 to 89. So I don't really get sales in Japan either, but then I'm not targeted either. Yeah. So any other questions we have within the chat? Boy, it's been, you know, really fun. Time's flying when you're having fun. No? Alrighty, very good. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. Uh, and if you happen to be watching this on the replay, we definitely want to know well, what you've been up to. How's your new year going? What have you, what do you got for big goals, big lofty goals? Today's word of the day is neurotic. Prove you made it this far inside the stream, and you're gonna go ahead and put it into a sentence, neurotic, no stealing the Green Day lyrics. <laughs> been another subscriber hangout. Folks, we're actually going to be um, taking next Thursday off. Uh, we will not be here next Thursday. Um, it's my intent to have something fire off at 6 p.m. next week, but we're gonna take next week off. Uh, we got some plans, got some plans, but in the event, I definitely appreciate everybody showing up. In the meantime, Folks, the party doesn't have to end. What you can do is, look, there's actually a video over here, and it's actually about keyword research. It's actually an entire series. You're going to really find it very useful. Those of you who are watching on the replay probably don't know what the heck we're talking about. The people on the podcast think the same thing, too. In the meantime, peace out, everybody.
1: Bye.